0: It's episode 164 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and our special guest is Chris Tilton, a freelance sports writer based out of southern Preble County. We're talking Preble County and local area sports, the possible upcoming last season of the Cross County Conference, and the changes occurring in the future. If it's local sports, it's on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast covering all sports in Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. From Lima to the Ohio River and Northern Kentucky, from Eastern Indiana to Madison County and all points in between, this is your source of local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. Visit the slash podcasts to find your favorite podcasting platform. Music created with the Splash app. Time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. And on the phone we have Chris Tilton. Chris, how are you today?
1: Well, I'm doing really well. I'm sitting on my front porch here uh, watching the corn grow.
0: It's a beautiful day out there. It's uh, not too warm, although we're supposed to get back in the high temperatures on Friday. So, yee
1: but let's begin. Yeah, just got just got finished with a, with an open gym with the uh, junior high uh, kids uh, there at uh, South, and so it was uh, it wasn't too hateful out there today.
0: Absolutely. So let's begin. Where are you from?
1: I originally come from uh, Lewisburg. There, I'm a uh, alum of uh, uh, Tri County North. Although when I attended, it was still it was uh, Twin Valley North when I attended. But yeah, that's where I. Uh, that's where I come from. I traveled around a little bit when I was young, and uh, when me and the wife decided to settle down, it was like, you know, back back home in Ohio, it's not too bad a place. So we uh, ended up back here.
0: And it's a pretty village in Lewisburg as well. Now, how did you get into sports and writing about them?
1: It happened by accident. Um, I was, I uh, started a peewee football program uh, when my son was out, I don't know, probably about 5th, fifth grade I think it was and so I uh, started a, a Wee football program and I was submitting articles to the Twin Valley News and the guy uh, Sam Shortis had bought it and he says man I he uh, realized that he was paying way too much for the guy that he had he said the, the sports writer head at the time was making more money than he did and so he's wanting to shift gears and get someone just in part-time to do sports and uh he approached me and says you did a pretty good job of writing up the summaries for the, the Wee football games would you mind being a sports writer and i go well yeah why not you know because I've, I've always enjoyed writing and um so one thing led to another and uh you know uh end up being uh, working part time for them until they went out of business i think like probably has been fairly recent like a year or two ago uh twin valley publications uh uh, went under unfortunately which has happened in the industry but yeah that's where that's where i got started and it was quite by accident
0: i didn't realize they went under i'm sorry to hear about that
1: yeah it's you know the the old story about you know declining revenue and the expenses are staying the same if not higher and um so yeah i decided he had to be the one to pull the plug on it because that's uh a publication that's been you know for the longest while and so he hated to pull the plug on it but it's you know it's like you know i got to i got to make a living, and uh, that, that's not working for me. So, yeah, they, they closed up doors uh, like a year or two ago.
0: How long were you affiliated with uh, Twin Valley Publications?
1: Uh, for a good long while. I would say uh, probably like the the mid to late 1990s is when I started with them. And so, uh, you know, what is that, like about 20-odd 20, 20 years, something like that I was uh, with yeah. them. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize I'd been with them for length of time till I sat down the other day and looked it over and was like, oh, well, that was with them for, for a good long while. And I enjoyed working for Sam, but I did notice that, uh, you know, at one point in time I was doing like two full stories a week. And then it came down to doing one full story a week. And then towards the end there, he just wanted pictures only and maybe like a paragraph summary. So, uh, you know, it, uh, there again, just reflecting that his revenues were going down. He was trying to cut expenses. And so, uh, but yeah, this heyday was fun. Uh, you know, doing two stories a week and and stuff for them. So,
0: where did your love of journalism come from?
1: Well, uh, like I said, in high school, I was always uh, always enjoyed writing, and then the uh, part of it is it's like it's kind of like a hobby type thing, but also like I remember when I was a kid, and I was in school. I mean, I wasn't the greatest athlete, but um, you know, as when you the local papers had put in. You know, the, like the lineman of the week, and the, and um, you know who had the carries and tackles and stuff like that. So it was always a thrill to see your name in the uh, in the paper, and so that's kind of part of the inspiration for me. Is like, you know, someone's gotta gotta do that, and I got the the skills to do it, and so I don't mind giving back in that sense, as far as being able to uh, you know write up the stories, and you know, for a lot of these athletes, you know, this is the one time that they'll get their their names in the paper and so forth. And, and I remember one thing, one quote that I heard is that you're guaranteed, you know, two times your name is going to be in the paper or once when you're born and once when you die. <laughs> and what you do in between is what, uh, you know, is, is sort of like what your life's about. And so, you know, it's a chance for the, the local athletes to get some recognition for what they do. I mean, those guys, you know, both the athletes and the coaches, both, you know, they, they work hard, and uh, you know, and uh, and uh, there again, for some of them, this might be the only chance their lives they get. Their to get some recognition in the paper for, for what they've accomplished. So that's kind of what, what drives me. It's more, it's you know, like a more like a hobby, but also you know, like the giving back thing.
0: You also have your own website and also Van Diet Sports. When did you start operating those?
1: Yeah. So uh, my real job before I retired was being a computer programmer. And so just, uh, it was secondary nature to start up a, uh, a sports blog. And so it's, yeah, you know, Chris Tilton Sports is a sports blog. And so I, you know, a lot of times, some of the newspapers I work for, like some of the stuff makes it on paper, some doesn't. And so I started that up because, I you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, the newer generation that doesn't care about newspapers as much is missing. So I started up the blog, so I could get, the you know, pictures and stories up on there in full. And then also something I did with that was I did the uh, web scraping. Uh, there, again, being a, a computer programmer, I could uh, set up a web, web scraper to go out and get local uh, sports stories from other publications and put links to them in that website. And so the idea being that someone could go to the website and they could look for their school or whatever and see what kind of stories that the – that they have, and uh, I have to admit I've not been as diligent, uh, especially recently with the coronavirus stuff going on uh, with that. But uh, but yeah, it's something that uh, just kind of like a hobby type thing. I do have a uh, a friend of mine that helps uh, support the website. Uh, he's got a mold and tool shop, and uh, he helps support it and stuff. And then the uh, the Vandite.com site, and again, you know, being a computer programmer, just kind of. You know, play around with that website a little bit, and I got some hobby-type stuff and uh, and uh, other stuff that that's there to look at. And I, again, my friend uh, John Myers with the tool shop, I got a page to put together for him out there to help uh, him build his business up and everything. So just something for me to kind of play around with and and keep my skills up on. I mean, you know, it's the worst comes the worst, you know. If, yeah, uh, for some reason I might have to go back to work again and uh, just kind of keep my skills up so I can uh, still do the, still do the computer programming stuff.
0: And that's uh, Twin Valley Mold, uh his business, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, so, yeah, he makes all uh, like the plastic molds and stuff as a specialty. Although he does other machine shop type stuff.
0: Now, as a writer that covered local area sports, what uh, schools and sports did you get to cover?
1: um you know obviously the emphasis is on on your the big ones in ohio which is the the football and basketball and then uh, uh you know of course in the spring you get the uh, baseball fast pitch and, and track are the main ones there and uh my daughter ran cross country so i don't mind covering uh, some cross country every once in a while and um let me think what I, oh i get i did uh some tennis a little bit uh, just i would never done it before so I thought I'd cover tennis that was kind of a fun thing to do and uh, wrestling I've done a few times but yeah primarily the big ones because the most sports or most the sports for the local papers you know they want eyes on the paper and there's a ton more people interested in football and basketball than say you know I hate to say it but you know wrestling or maybe soccer or something like that you just don't have the the fan support and so they they want the big ones covered so you you know you go to your market
0: and your main focus is the cross county conference and the southwestern buckeye league two leagues that are going to have some major changes coming up
1: oh yeah that's a nice little uh, segue there absolutely <laughs> um yeah i live down in, in southern preble county mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah i'm in a good place to cover both uh, the swbl teams that are here locally as well as the cross county conference teams and um uh, yeah, the uh, the cross county conference is uh, you know, breaking up as we all know, and I'm kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit discouraged because I thought, my, you know, I think the feeling is among most people is that you know, with the conference, the change of the conference, basically, we're kicking out the, the better football teams and then uh, you know, and then going with uh, you know, so it makes them more competitive. For you know, for lack of a better term, the weaker schools, and um, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, as opposed to maybe trying to up your game to compete with uh, the other schools. And so you know, there's a little bit of uh, you know, not really happy about that part of it. But I think as far as basketball, obviously bringing in uh, uh, Shawnee, there year in year out, they've always got a real good basketball program, and and Dixie's had on rough times. But I think if you look at Dixie, you know, um, over the years, that they're kind of known for having, you know, decent basketball program, the, you know, the football not so much. I think they're just, uh, you know, trying to find themselves as far as getting the getting the right coach in there. And I like to get the athletes to compete. So I think that uh, but in, the, in the Cross County Conference, I think it'll be easier for them to compete. And then the SWBL, I think they had a really good setup there for the longest while. Uh, they had this big school division and the small school division. And I heard some rumors while, you know, this is several years ago, that North and South were extended invitation. and uh, But they both had to come as a package. And they couldn't get both schools to agree. But I think that would have been a good move for uh, North and South at that time. But what's happened is that now you got these really big schools. Then you have the smaller schools like a, you know, like a Carlisle. And, you know, Carlisle competing against like a Bellbrook. Or Franklin, uh, you know, especially in football where it's, you know, well the numbers are just, you know, they got like twice as many students or whatever. I don't see how they're going to be long term. How that's going to work out to the good? And even with basketball and stuff like that, you know, sure you can have like the one or two uh, star players that can carry a team, but still, when you're going against they're again like a a Bellbrook or or Franklin where they just got so many kids that can throw at you, you know, it's it's going to be tougher to compete. And I could see you know, more changes in the SWBL. I think the the new form of the cross-county conference, I think that that, you know, will be competitive within themselves okay. But I think the SWBL, there's there's more changes that come there, I'm sure.
0: I will say I do like Preble, Shawnee, and Dixie going into the new uh, cross-county conference setup in the WOAC because, you know, that's that's less travel for, you know, some of the other schools. You don't have to go up to Fort Loramie or Troy, or Huber Heights to play Bethel, Miami East, Fort Loramie, Covington too. I mean, it's, it's a pretty nice footprint in terms of travel. I mean, the farthest north you have to go is Ansonia or Bradford, or farther south is probably Shawnee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I think yeah, geographically, yeah, it certainly makes sense, and I think they're given the size of the schools. You know, Dixie, for the longest time, you know, smallest school in the SWBL, and so when they get into the new conference, they'll be more middle of the pack, and so they'll be, you know, right off the bat, they'll be more competitive. So I think it's it's a good change for them. And and Shawnee, I think there again, they'll be they'll be competitive. Their their football program has kind of been up and down, but they've uh, you know had a decent role. So they'll be competitive both in football and basketball for sure in the new league.
0: Now, if you were to become the commissioner of one of these leagues. Would you add any schools, drop any schools? What would you say is a perfect format for the Probable County schools
1: well i um I wouldn't mind seeing like a you know like a, a like a north South division to help save on travel time to a degree mm. but um uh you know, I can't think of too many other changes that you, that you could do. With that, Um, I'm trying to think about when you say when you say uh, Preble County schools, does that include like Eaton? Yep. Is that what you're thinking or?
0: Yeah, I mean, for all the Preble County schools, I mean, Eaton's going to be the lone uh, rep in the SWBL once Preble Shawnee uh, goes to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference. And also there's rumors that the SWBL is looking at Clinton, Massey and Wilmington to join. And that's who? That's going to be a nice travel for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, but the thing is with Eaton, it's like, you know, where, where would they go? I'm not too sure where that they would end up. I mean, you know, I, I could not see them. They'd be the 800-pound gorilla if they tried to join up with the, uh, the Cross County Conference teams in the new conference. And then, uh, you know, I guess uh, even if they tried to join up with, the uh, you know, the Covington Miami East and all them still there'd be the biggest school in that particular conference. And so, you know, if I'm eating, I'm kind of scratching my head going, I, you know, it's, like, I don't know about my chances, you know, they've, they've, their their basketball program has been struggling for the longest time and their football, you know, they had a good run there for a while, but it seemed like that's kind of dropped off. And so, you know, I don't know, I don't know where they end up uh, in a division, you know, in a uh, conference that's comparable to them in size and ability. that that's uh That's a good question, Mark, and I'm afraid I do not have an answer for that
0: what who are some of your favorite players that you got to cover over the years? or some of your favorite games and venues that you get to visit?
1: okay, well, a couple of players kind of sprang to mind uh it was a David good I think was his name from Chunbai South. He played uh, uh football and basketball for them and he was a he was a tremendous athlete. I think he did a little bit of safety at uh, Miami university down there in oxford and um uh, i think he's like he ended up dropping out of school but he played like i want to say like a couple of years there but uh, he was you know could like dunk a basketball and just uh just a tremendous uh athlete and then uh, the other one that kind of tops springs of mind i'm not saying that because he's uh he's the athletic director at south where i'm doing junior high coaching But uh, Ryan Ennis, he played. He he started off at South and he ended up. If I remember, he transferred over to Dixie. But again, just just a tremendous athlete. You know, could dunk a basketball and uh, and uh, just uh, you know just a a top athlete. And so always uh, tremendous to uh, to watch them. Uh, Some of the favorite games that uh, uh, that I've watched is sometimes it's the ones. Some of the favorite games are ones maybe that. Uh, you don't think would be the favorite. Like the one that springs to mind, uh, just uh, a back and forth game does, as, a, <clears throat> as a fan was good to watch was this is probably like 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, both North and Bethel were playing the last game of the season at North. And um, both teams had winning records, but they were out of the, didn't have enough points to make it into the playoffs. And so you can't win league, you can't make the playoffs, you're playing that last game. Because, you know, this is your senior year and you want to come out with a W. And those two teams battled back and forth for four quarters. And it was just just a tremendous game to watch. I've always – was a, just kind of sticks up in my mind that, you know, sometimes, you know, you're playing football for a lovely game. And sometimes it's not just, you know, I'm playing for a championship. I'm playing in the playoffs. I'm playing this game because I love football and I want to win it. So that's a particular game that sticks out in my mind. Uh, another one that I liked was when uh, Dave Miller was at South, and he's he's rebuilt, rebuilding the program. And so I think, it was, you know, like a lot of coaches, I made mean, the first year like a uh, what was a losing season. I want to say the second year was 500. Then he finally the third year he got into uh, you know winning territory. And of course he had the the one good year where he uh, made the run into the playoffs. But this is before the run the playoffs was like a year or two ahead of that. And it was just interesting from the con- contrasting style of football. He's playing his triple option and playing, you know, that that type of game where you're trying to hunker down on the ball and have these long clock-eating drives. And he's playing against Jefferson. And Jefferson has got the spread offense. They've got a defense that's blitzing and just throwing people at you from different directions. And they're giving all kinds of oddball sets. And just that was a fun game to watch. If I remember, I think uh, think North won the first game I talked about. Then South won this second game that I'm talking about. And just it was a fun game to watch from the contrasting styles of just like here's this real conservative play caller with his triple option, you know, playing against this other team that's just you know putting all kinds of wild plays together. And it was a it was a close game. I remember North or um, excuse me South ended up uh, ended up winning that one. So those are a couple of the, uh, the games that you know you wouldn't stick out in your mind as something memorable to me. They were because they're, again you're kind of playing football for the love of the game. And uh, and just uh, you know, just seeing the, the game, the technical parts of the game, and and watching it from that standpoint.
0: You mentioned South's got a new AD. How cool was it that you know Tony Osberger, the former AD at Twin Valley South, not only was he there from the 80s till about last year, but the court now has his name ingrained in it. So his legacy will live on at South. How cool was that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. I was real happy for for Tony. You know, I look at things from a, uh, a sports writer's point of view, and uh, you know, obviously he was great with the athletes. The kids loved him. And, uh, you know, he uh, you know kind of set the standard for South basketball there for the longest time. But uh, one thing, uh, and this is something that, you know, if there's any, what happened to young coaches, uh, they were having to listen to this, something to think about, is that one thing from a sports writer's perspective is that Tony – well, you know, obviously he had bad games where, you know, he was kind of a little bit short, maybe a little bit terse, but he would always give an interview at the end of the ball game. And uh, he was, you know, talkative and would answer questions and stuff. But he also, uh, one thing I noticed with Tony when he's doing the interview is he's trying to send a message sometimes to a player, sometimes to his team as far as, you know, these are things we've, we've been emphasizing and, uh, you know, uh, this particular game, we didn't do, we were like, maybe defense. We did not execute our defense the way we should have. Or, you know, on offense, we're taking too many. But you see what I'm saying is he's getting the message out there in the paper and kind of reinforcing the message that he's given in practice and at the games. And it's just kind of reinforcing some of the, the concepts and stuff he's trying to teach his team. He uses the interview at the end of the game to try and reinforce the message. And uh, I've always appreciated that. And then, you know, one thing that I do as a sports writer is I try and give, you know, kudos to the kids. If someone has a good night, because they're again, this, you know, this might be the only time in your life that you're getting your name in the paper. And Tony's always good about, uh, you know, giving kudos to kids that had a good night. And even if it's a, you know, a second string ball player that came in off the bench and gave some good minutes, you know, Tony would make mention of, you know, hey, you know, this sophomore came in, you know, in the third quarter when someone got in foul trouble and really picked us up for, you know, the last, that that third quarter, kept us in the game, that kind of stuff. So he's, you know, a great coach, but uh, also he was pretty savvy with how to handle the media.
0: And also uh, his son, Anthony, he was a good athlete at South too in football and basketball, I definitely know. And I think that's how I started following your site is when Anthony was at TVS and he'd have some great games. I remember broadcasting a couple of his as well, just he's a great athlete.
1: Well, you know he was, and I could tell from early age. You know, obviously he was, uh, you know, coach of basketball, and so really emphasizing the basketball side of him. But I'm watching him out there playing football, and I'm going, yeah, he's a he's a good basketball player, but he's a great football player, you know. And so, you know, that uh, I didn't know how that would uh, end up panning out. It turned out that he was, you know, a, a better football player than basketball player, although he was no slouch at that basketball, but yeah, he's definitely, you know, one of those athletes that, uh, that you think about as you know, as far as having the good coordination and he was, you know, have, being the coach's son, you know, any ability that he didn't have, he had the smarts to make up for it. And so on the basketball court, he had the smarts, but on football, he had good instincts and a hard hitter and, you know, played with a lot of heart. And he went
0: to Walsh, didn't he? Anthony did.
1: I that's awful I can't recall but you might be right. I think he did end up playing there maybe for like a year or two and uh, I think he came I think he came back here to Preble County and ended up getting married uh, maybe like a year or two ago. so okay
0: yeah I just thought that's like oh he's probably out of college by now. It's like whoa, where'd his time gone But Chris, what are some of your favorite things about sports sports locally around Southwest Ohio?
1: Well, I just like the you know the, the you know the small school football. I've had the opportunity to travel around a little bit, and I've you know lived in Florida for a while, lived out in Texas for a while, and stuff like that. And well, I, I would think Texas is more comparable to Ohio as far as on a Friday night, you know, where you you know you empty out of town and everybody gets to go to a football game. Uh, that's something I like. I, you know, I, Ohio. I always think I was like the heart of football. And uh, that shows on a Friday night in these small towns, you know, you, as you, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm driving to a game way far away. And as you're driving down like five Oh three or one twenty seven or whatever, and I can see the lights over time, to- uh, you know, the stadium lights over some football field, you know, in town, town a, and you go a bit further, there's town B, they got a home game. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, football on a Friday night, you know, that's, that's sports in the for me. And of course, uh, at least in this area, uh, I think well off through Ohio. But, you know, basketball is a good thing. I mean, um, I enjoy the you know the loud gyms. Although, you know, North is about the loudest gym there is. I've walked out of there with a headache many a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but in any event, yeah, just, uh, you know we get those loud gyms and, and those close games, and the, there again it gives the kids a, a chance to be a hometown hero on a on a Friday or Saturday night with the uh, basketball. But those are yeah, those are a couple of the things I, that I like the most. Um, one last thing, I, I, I'm one of those rare people that en- enjoys track. I ran track in high school myself, and uh, my daughter, uh, you know, ran, uh, ran track. The oldest daughter did. And so, um, uh, you know, when you get these uh, big events and you get down to the last event, is uh the mile relay, and to see those kids put all out, and you know your your lungs are burning you come the last hundred yards down the finish line and uh you see those kids give it all out you know it's uh you know sometimes you know it brings a tear to eye sometimes to see how hard they push you know trying to get to that finish line uh you know ahead of everybody else and and you see the logs but lungs are burning your your legs feel like lead weights and you're pushing you know you're just going on the you know you're just going on the your your, your mental strength because your legs are were are about shot so uh uh, you know, I like to see that in the springtime.
0: We mentioned, uh, earlier about the coronavirus. How has that affected you?
1: Well, um, for me, it, it, uh, uh, personal wise, I'm, like I said, I'm retired. So, you know, the social distancing part was, uh, was easy to do. And, uh, you know, I've been working part time now for the, uh, the daily advocate and, um, uh, obviously that just kind of pulled the rug under our collective feet for that. And so, uh, so there's been like zero sports to cover and uh, kind of a little segue off of that. The, uh, you know, the newspapers are kind of cutting back and they, uh, you know, uh, they're cutting back the rates that they're giving to freelancers. And so I got to think really long and hard. I mean, I enjoy doing it and I'm not really in it for the money, but yet, you know, you're, going out there, and, uh, you know, you have gas and time going there, I have the time at the game, and then I've got to, you know, take pictures and put together a story and and interview the coaches, and then drive back home, and, uh, you know, by the time you put it all together, you're not really making a whole lot on the hour, and so when they say, we can't afford to pay this much, we're going to have to cut your rates, and you got to stop and think, well, enjoy doing this, but, uh, you know, I want to make at least a little bit out of it, so um, we'll have to wait and see. You know, when football season—if it starts back up—if—if uh, if I'm going to be covering, for sure or not, or maybe just doing something on my own. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, I pulled the rug out from our collective feet there in the spring, or in the uh, when they stopped the the basketball, and then uh, uh, no spring sports whatsoever. And we don't know what fall's going to be like. So, so it's—I'm uh, like everybody else, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Floated about, and I heard some some stuff that didn't make any sense to me. Like someone's floating this idea that you know no huddle, no huddles in football, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe you're not going to huddle, but geez, you're going to be, you know, the linemen are going to be going face to face every play, you know. So how do you how do you counter for that? And it's just like you know, here's some silly stuff out there. I'm hopeful that uh, they get something going uh, to where we can have sports this fall. I mean, I can see the administrators and the the guys that run the uh, Ohio. Athletic association, as far as they want to be conservative, because who wants to be the guy that gives the green light for sports? And then you have, you know, even just one athlete that gets the coronavirus and dies. Well, you know, how's that going? If you're the one kid, the parents, the one kid that dies, you know, that's uh, that's gonna be tough. So, so I really don't know what to think as far as what happens uh, this fall. I mean, everybody's hopeful that there's some sort of a vaccine or vaccine or something. But there's no guarantee we'll have something like that, uh, and will they have enough vaccine to roll out, say, in late August when uh, football really gets going? You know. So, but yes, yeah, it's a you know anybody's guess as to what's going to happen this fall. I'm, I'm hopefully get something going, but but who knows? I hope
0: high school football returns in a safe manner, but I'm hoping we have sports to talk about in the fall because this quarantine. It's been tough, especially with no live sports. I mean, they are starting to slowly trickle back in, but yeah, it's 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 still tough. And considering that spring sports didn't happen and winter sports couldn't play for championships, it's I want to see sports back, but I don't want to see it in such a way where, you know, people are catching the coronavirus and possibly dying from it.
1: Exactly, and that's where I wonder if the you know they might not it might not end up going on the side of caution, you know, and and uh, and and not doing anything. But uh, but yeah, there again, we'll have to, have to wait and see what happens there.
0: So. Uh, you mentioned the Daily Advocate; that's the paper in Greenville. Uh, what do you cover for that? Right,
1: I, I, just, I do sports only. So that's been all in my entire career. Uh, mainly, well, I've almost always done sports. I think I've done a few general interest articles for uh, for Twin Valley publications, but it, yeah, it's almost always, it has been always been sports, like 98% sports, I would say. And so uh, uh, what I do with them is they send out a thing, you know, like every Sunday, they'll send out a list, these are the things we'd like to have covered. And so I can kind of pick and choose and see which ones are, you know, I live down in Southern Preble County, but a lot of times since they're all in the same league, you know, the teams have got away games at North or South or Trail, uh, maybe eating sometimes I'll cover those and I have gone uh, and, and traveled uh, over you know, like West Carrollton and stuff like that. especially when I was working I worked over in the Beaver Creek area so that was great for the uh, the Greenville team because at that time you know they're playing against uh, you know a lot of the schools right in the Beaver Creek area so I could go after work go, uh, go cover a game or something like that.
0: That wasn't a bad setup So let me ask you this what would you like to see in the future for sports and or media in Southwest Ohio? Like what would you like to see added to the sports world down here or the media world, like more radio stations to cover games or what would you like to see?
1: Well, I'd like to see how things evolve. Cause obviously what you're doing with this podcast right here, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a, like an evolution, you know, that's, that's a change. Cause you know, 20 years ago, you know, I don't think hardly anybody heard of it. A podcast and stuff and so I'm thinking that's the direction that things need to go because you know they're getting the print, print media that's like a dying thing you know you're uh, the newer people coming up are have zero interest in newspapers so you know and I think there's still an interest in people to, to, they're again like coaches comments after games and so what I'm thinking is that uh, uh, the next evolution is to you know uh, the podcast like what you're doing but I'm thinking there's going to be a more of a multimedia approach because I I thought about doing this, but again, you know, I'm retired. I'm not going to put a whole lot of time into it. My thought is, is that uh, if you have some way of uh, of being able to film a game easily and then film the coach at the end, and now I can clip out some of the hi- highlights, like you know, this is the the you know the winning touchdown from the the tailback, and this is the interception by the uh, the uh, um, uh, cornerback that uh, stopped the drive and you get those highlights together, you have the interview of the coach within the team, and it's all done, you know, digitally where you have it, uh, you know, um, there again, I don't know, just throwing out some ideas, you know, like a, uh, like a, maybe not TikTok, but like, you know, just a Facebook. I could put something up there on Facebook and have the, uh, you know, some short film clips and, and interview of the coach, and then it's something easily digested. I think that the, uh, you know, people – okay reading like a short article but the you know the longer articles that are like a thousand words you know like, i think that the younger people in particular aren't interested in, in reading an article like that but they'll probably sit and watch like a a five or ten minute uh uh pre- recap of the game i think that would be something that i could see uh certainly see happening but it's just the uh you know having the the, the dedication the time to be the guy that uh, that uh, gets the film and edits it and uh and does the coach, uh, interviews the coach and, uh, and captures that on film, well, I keep on saying film, but digitally, I guess. So that's kind of a, an evolution that I see happening. And um, uh, But uh, there again, I'm, I, I, I thought about doing it, but it's like, ah, eh, there again, I'm retired. I don't want to put a lot, whole lot of time and effort into this. I'd be glad to help somebody else with it, but as far as being the guy that to, to puts something like that together. And, you know, like have somebody on uh, site at every place to capture the game for you, you know, that might be the way to go. And then you have a, uh, uh, at the uh, conference website, I can go take a look at, you know, what was the highlights from, uh, from North, what was the highlights from Ansonia, that type of thing.
0: Isn't it amazing how far technology has come and how, you know, more accessible sports are to people on social media?
1: Yes, that's uh, that's very very true. You can do a search and and uh, come up with uh, you know all kinds of information about the athletes and stuff. And uh, all all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank. Uh, there's the huddle, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to Mac reps, and some of his other websites where some of some of that stuff is already available. I've seen some people that submit some, uh, some you know short little uh, film segments and stuff there. So some of this stuff is is already happening and. And something else, just to kind of go in a little segue off of this is, you know, think about this younger generation, and I'm watching my grandchildren, and and think about eSports. So we're talking about physical sports, but there's eSports out there, and I'm watching my kids. And they're watching other people play games, and I'm, I'm watching them. It's like I have zero interest in watching other people play, like, you know, video games or whatever, And uh, but, they're you know, they're sitting there watching this mesmerized. And, you know, I've heard about, and I'm sure you have, too, about the, like, tournaments and stuff like that that are online that people watch and stuff like that. And so that might be, like, the next evolution is that, yeah, there's probably still always going to be physical sports, but eSports might be, uh, you know, creeping up behind them. And uh, you know it's 20 years from now, you know, there'll be more emphasis on eSports than, you know, though I can't fathom more than football and basketball, but some of the lesser sports, I could see eSports, you know, eclipsing them, perhaps.
0: I saw the Pacers and the Fever have an eSports tournament and how huge that is. And I think, uh, oh, what well, what college was it, where they're actually offering scholarships for eSports. It's like, uh, I, I don't know about that one. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned Huddle, uh, the football team that I broadcast for in Cincinnati. They have this basically a portable hard drive, and they take footage, and they're able to edit and chop out the highlights and everything it's just i've said it once i'll say it again technology is really amazing and how far it's you know shown up my big thing is though i'm sorry go ahead
1: yeah i was gonna say i remember when i was in high school that they sent some game films of mine to colleges and it was like real film films and (laughs) so they had to physically send films off to uh college coaches for them to look at and so forth so uh so yeah, you could imagine you have this big bulky thing. You got to wait for it to be delivered in the mail, and uh, the guys got to look at it and uh, and return it and stuff like this. And today, if a college coach wants wants to see an athlete, then it's just you press a button, and you know, a few seconds later the guys got it. So it's uh, it's a world of difference.
0: It's the just the digital, uh, just having that. That I mean that's that's pretty nice. The one thing I I. Yeah would say on that uh, question I asked is I'd love to see a radio station back in Eaton where it was, I think, what, WCTM, something like that? I'd love to see something like
1: that. Yeah, again. that's right. Yeah, and that's where um, I'm impressed with uh, almost as awful as Tiger. It's the – but uh, yeah, up there at the Versailles, the, the guy that does the uh, the sports cast up there, the high school uh, sports up in that area – they really get a lot of attention because they have the radio guy up there, and I see him at the games all the time, and I've spoken to him, and all like I said, um, uh, I was like, like WTGR or whatever that is yep. up there. Uh, but in, in any event, does a great job and, and, and to me a quality job because, you know, you're out there in the middle of the sticks, you know, realistically, you're not in like a, a big market. You're not like in the Cincinnati or Columbus. You're out there in the sticks. But they put together a quality broadcast, and the kids get recognition. And you know, if uh, especially you know, grandma and grandpa can't make it out the ball game, I could flip it on right there, and I got the ball game. And uh, they're getting to do a quality job with the broadcast. So the, you know, it's a shame that uh, you know that Eaton and uh, specifically in Preble County in general doesn't have a a, a local station like that that can uh, uh, cover sports for them.
0: It It is a shame, too. I I remember reading articles about that radio station, and I, I never got a chance to listen to it, but I think that'd be great for Preble County. And, yeah, Scott Ward does an amazing job with uh, WTGR up north.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, for those people interested in becoming journalists, what advice can you give them?
1: Well, um, I would say, you know, you gotta you know, you gotta get your foot in the door. And like me, I started off uh you know with a paper ink uh a paper pad and then I had a like little handheld digital uh camera that was totally unsuited for sports, but then you know, I, you know, uh, accumulated stuff and uh and uh and, and uh you know got better and better. And I was fortunate that uh, uh I had a mentor uh, of sorts in in Eddie Mowen. Uh, who works for the Red Show Herald. And so, um uh you know, he saw me start it out and, you know, he could have given me a cold shoulder. I'm working for a competitor and just totally ignore me. But no, he uh, gave me a, advice on, you know, uh, you know, focus on these shots. You always want to get the face in the picture. You can get the face and the ball in the picture. That's a bonus. And um, uh, let me think of some other stuff. And, you know, the Some of the questions I I, I, uh, observed his interviewing technique, and so I knew I could learn from watching him the right questions to ask and so forth. And I guess for a young person who wants to get into journalism in general or sports in particular, then being able to find someone who's a veteran who's done it and kind of, uh, you know, hey, can I give you a hand if you're covering a ball game? Can I? You know, you take the, the, the notes and I'll snap the pictures for you or vice versa. I can keep stats or see what I'm saying, kind of get your foot in the door and watch and see how an experienced person does it and uh, and kind of capture things from there. That would be, uh, uh, you know, the biggest piece of advice I can think of because, uh, you yeah, I was a total novice at it. I still think of myself as a novice with a camera. I tell, I joke to people I'm a, I'm a monkey uh, when it comes to operating the camera, but I just kind of play around with it like these are the settings for volleyball match indoors, so I'll write that down, and I've always got up my notepad, and then like these are the settings outdoor at a lit football stadium, and I'll write that down, and then so see what I'm saying, it's kind of trial by error, and I'm sure someone that would really put the time and energy into learning all the apertures and shutter speeds and stuff like that, that they could do a better job than I, but like I said, I just kind of a trial and error and, and figured out as I go as far as the camera thing.
0: You mentioned Eddie Mowen. he's my cousin, actually.
1: Okay, I wondered if there was a uh, if there was a uh, correlation there. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a really nice guy, mm-hmm. and I know his his, his uh, daughters are doing well at sports, and so uh, so yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 been a, a nice mentor for me. He,
0: his uh, daughter uh, Becca; she's playing softball at well, she was playing softball at Thomas More until the you know coronavirus, so. It's it's always yeah. cool to see, and you know, there's not a lot of people with that last name, so yeah, definitely uh, Eddie Eddie is a good guy, and I'm happy I'm related mm-hmm. to him. So, Chris, cool. how can people follow your work and you on social media?
1: Well, uh, there's not too many Chris Tiltons around, so if you do <laughs> just a search on on uh, on Chris Tilton Sports, you'll get the blog, and probably on Facebook, I do have. Uh, I let me think it's uh, there's a bandit sports page I've kind of played around with and not kept up as much as the blog, but there is that and there are pictures and stories and stuff there. Um, uh, so you can find me there on Facebook, and those are probably the two biggest places to find me. And um, you know, of course, if anybody needs coverage on anything, or if there's anybody looking for some freelance work I've done. Like some, I've had been contacted by papers that during playoff time where they get, you know, I got four teams in the paper or four teams in the playoffs, but only two riders. I need one or two more riders. So, uh, you know, if anybody would uh, like to contact me for covering, um, uh, you know, playoffs and stuff like that, I'm, uh, I'm available and, uh, you know, it, uh, it would not be a problem to contact me to, uh, to do that. Like I said, I'm retired, got time on my hands. So not a problem.
0: Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I enjoyed this interview, and it was really fun getting to know about, you know, your journey as a sports journalist.
1: Okay. Likewise. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: And that'll do it. That's episode 164 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, and we'll talk to you again for episode 165. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the slash podcast From there, you can choose your favorite platform such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and hosts on Twitter at the Lee W. Mullen, And at Sunday pod like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast and download the free flick chat app. Then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowins mailbag questions. The closing theme is lights go down by Dan Hennig provided by the YouTube music library collection. This is Lee W. Malin. And I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast.